Um, book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter five. And um, I'm going to read this to start off with. And now let me kind of give everyone that's here and, and some that are, you know, those of you that are just visiting with us, this very, uh, very uh, open and interactive service. So, you know, we, we really, I really uh, value your, um, what the Holy Spirit has been talking to you about. Now, typically we have, when we, when we, uh, when we were meeting over it on Western and uh, we only had uh, certain days where we could meet, we canceled our Wednesday nights in lieu of having what we called koinonia, which were our home groups. And we would meet every Wednesday and every Wednesday we would take and we would take an outline of what I had preached on Sunday. And then it, on Wednesday, everyone had an opportunity to, as we went over the outline, to share what the Holy Spirit had been talking to them about while they had heard me preach on Sunday. Now that's extremely valuable um, when you do it every now and again. Man, when we were doing it once a week, man, the Holy Ghost, he was helping us. Listen, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of benefit to that. And God was really using it to help us. And we saw a tremendous amount of growth uh, in people individually. And we saw a lot of growth, uh, you know, strengthening and, and uh, with the might of God's spirit in our inner man, uh, just as a church. And, uh, but since we started coming back, you know, and we now have our own facility, we, we started Wednesday nights, we started a Wednesday night Bible study. Um, so now we, you know, once a week or once a month, we have koinonia uh, where we gather in homes and we have the opportunity to do that. Um, but tonight, you know, um, I want us to kind of talk about some of the things that I've been uh, ministering on Sunday because I, I can always tell when the Holy Ghost is working uh, and something I preach, and it's never in the things that I expect that God's going to work through uh, that he works, and you know, sometimes you get up, and you say things, and you get it, you say it in passing, believing that it's secondary, uh, you know, it's the secondary thing that God wants to say, which is why we should never make assumptions. Um, when, when the Lord's using you, you can't assume to know exactly what it is that he's doing all the time. You know, he's a Jehovah sneaky sometimes, and he'll say, he'll say things through you that you don't really even understand he's trying to get across. And um, so the, the past two Sundays, I've been talking about, um, again, navigating the, the spirit and learning how to walk after the spirit, and not, not from the perspective of necessarily crucifying the flesh, although we know that, but um, navigating that a realm of the spirit and what, you know, how we, how we do that and what, what, uh, what our expectations should be, what it is that God, I believe God is saying to us, uh, this year and this, in this hour, uh, in this season. And, um, but these last two weeks I have preached and when I've preached, <laughs> it has opened up the floodgates for some folks. And, uh, well, I say for some, for most, I've had more phone calls and more, not people upset or anything like that, but just people like, man, uh, help me out with this. And can we talk a little bit more about this? Because I feel challenged in this area or, you know, hey, I'm, I'm kind of trying to uh, uh, make my, you know, wrap my mind around or, f you know, figure out what the Holy Spirit is trying to say. What do you, you know, Pastor, what do you think about this? And so no one's been upset or anything. It's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you know, sometimes God can touch on things and it's just, it hits a chord. And uh, that has happened, I think, nearly probably church-wide. Uh, I have been, sh and I've been shocked because I thought it was, 
I was just kind of passing through what I was preaching the last couple of Sundays to arrive somewhere else and never got to our destination, but I thought I was just passing through some things. And it's like, I found out we weren't just passing through. So anyway, let's read this scripture, the book of uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So it says, uh, it says this, verse 23. And so I'm going to sound, I'm going to sound super, um, super, uh, uh, like I'm downplaying uh, the, the, uh, what we what we emphasize in this church, which is uh, uh, being spirit filled and spirit led, uh, allowing the, the the Holy Spirit to uh, to uh, well, our church was established on um, discovering the the supernatural grace that resides upon your life. God created you for a purpose, and so let me let me let me start there, and then we'll read this. Um, when God created you, God didn't create you uh, without. A purpose. God, when God created you, He created you, and He already had an idea. He already had a plan for your life. Before He formed you in the belly, He knew you. And before you came out of your mother, He set you apart for His purpose. And so uh, that is that would be God's grace or God's uh, the, the grace of God for, for your life. You know, the book of Ephesians chapter 4 says this, but unto every one of us has been given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. In fact, let's start there. Let's go there. Ephesians chapter 4, we'll start with verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4, then we'll go to, then we'll go to this First uh, Thessalonians. Um, hopefully I won't get stuck here in, in uh, Ephesians, but Ephesians chapter 4, I therefore, therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Uh, say, say this with me. Say, walk worthy, walk worthy. of the vocation. Of the so what is a vocation? It's a job. Right. So here's, here's what God is saying in these verses of Scripture. Walk worthy of the job that I called you to do. Walk worthy of what it is. Now, see, most of us go to the place when we hear walk worthy, we think about no, no lying, no cheating, no stealing, no this, no that, the other. What we don't realize is walking worthy of the vocation, walking worthy of the job that, call, that God has called us to do goes way beyond just abstaining from sin and departing from sin. Now, listen, as Christians, we ought to cut way back on the sin. You know, the Bible says that we're to be holy as he's holy. So don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying as being me saying that it's not important for us to, to uh, abstain from, from doing wrong. I think that we ought to do our gut level best. You know, you're not going to be successful at it doing it in the flesh. You're going to have to really walk after the spirit. If you're going to overcome sin, you're going to you're have to rely on the Holy Ghost. If you're doing it yourself, it becomes religion. It becomes works. It, it gets out of the, it gets out of that realm of God's grace and God's, and then some people are like, well, you know, that's legalism telling people they ought to No, It's not legalism. There's a, just because we've been redeemed from the curse of the law doesn't mean there isn't a law to follow. There's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's not the same as the law of sin and death, but there is a law of the spirit of life in Christ. But see many Pentecostal spirit filled, charismatic people don't, they don't really understand that. And it's why many people never fulfill their purpose. 
See, we think we're not fulfilling our purpose because the devil has tried to stand in our way. Listen, y'all, we, we say this, we say, we say this when we get together in our gatherings. Well, the de devil's a defeated foe. Then why are we giving him so much credit at, at, at keeping us from, from fulfilling what God's purpose is? Why are we giving witches and, and, and uh, covens and, and uh, oppression? You know, I go to cities all over the, all over the United States. And everywhere I go, there are people that say, oh, you know, there's a, there's a heavy oppression over, the, over this city. I don't, I don't give a rip whether there's a heavy oppression over this city. You know, cry, uh, the Bible says that uh, uh, Jesus defeated uh, uh, Satan, uh, put, his, put his foot in his throat, made a show of him openly, and gave us authority by his name to, uh, amen, uh, to, to exercise authority over him. And so the, the reality is, is that the devil... I, I'm going to say some of y'all that some of y'all aren't going to want to agree with it, but it's true. Uh, I can only tell you the truth. I can't make you believe it. Um, the devil is a defeated foe. That battle's already been won. And so that, that thing that keeps us from the purpose and the plans and the, and the, uh, uh, the design that God built in us before we were born, before we were formed in our mother's womb. Um, that, that uh, uh, many times what keeps us from that is that we don't do what is necessary uh, to intentionally facilitate what it is. Number one, we don't discover what it is that, that our, our job is. What is the work that God has called us to do? What is the purpose for which he created us? You know, there's some people I've met. I've, I've, I've been, again, I've been doing this for nearly 40 years. I started evangelizing at the age of 16. And, um, and from that time until now, I've been to churches where there were people that were pastors that they had no business being pastors. They were no more, they were no more pastors than I'm a man on the moon. But you know what? Their grandma thought they ought to be a pastor. And their mother thought they ought to be a pastor. And, you know, uh, their their pastor said, well, you know, you, you have the temperament. You know what? You got to have more than a temperament. You got to, it's got to be, it's got to be the vocation that God called you to. Amen. And if God called you to something, then he equips you with what's necessary to fulfill that call. In, in the spirit. Amen. God, he equips you with what is necessary to fulfill that call. And so, when this, when this scripture tells us to walk worthy of the job that God called, walk worthy of the vocation, it's our responsibility to do what it takes to facilitate, to facilitate that. that. You know what that means? That means if God called you to deliverance, you don't spend your time in end, in, in end time prophecy meetings, uh, uh, tanking up on end time prophecy. That'd be like Lewis. Lewis works for uh, the city of Oklahoma City. You work for the water department. Is that right? Uh, you know what? If Lewis spent all of his time watching YouTube's video, YouTube videos on electricity and being an electrician and alignment, you know what? That's a waste of time because that's not his job. But you know what? You got Christians trying to, trying to, trying to tank up on everything, trying to take in everything, thinking that what they're doing is they're, they're, um, they're not, I don't want to miss out on anything. There's some things you need to intentionally miss out on because, because they're none of your business. Because God didn't create you to function in those areas. And so we suffer in the area, in the, in the vocation, 
in the, in the duties and the things that God's called us to because we want, we want to be involved in everything and we won't discipline ourselves to intentionally uh, uh, walk worthy and do all that we need to do to be what God called us to, to be. Are y'all hearing me today? Listen, I understand. You know what? If I had my rathers, I'd rather not be here on a Wednesday, a, a, a pastor at Winter's Church, if I had my rathers. I mean, just in there. Because I know some of you are like, well, I thought you loved us. I do. I, I thought you loved pastoring. Oh, no, listen, I love pastoring. But if I had my rathers, I'd, I'd rather be somewhere where I could be raising the dead, casting out devils, healing the sick, slapping people on the head, and watching them get a manifestation of the Spirit. I mean, I'd just love to spend every moment of my time in the, in the woo-woo. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's my favorite place to be is in the woo-woo. I found something out. People that spend all their time in the woo-woo usually, usually neglect walking worthy of the vocation that they were called, believing that somehow or another they're going to fulfill their call because the Spirit of God is going to wave His magic wand over them and they're all of a sudden going to be transformed and poof, you're going to become what God wanted you to become. I've got news for you. There's, there's, a, there's a role that you play and there's a job that you have to do and it has to be intentional. You know what? The, none of God's blessings, you have to think about this. Nothing that God has provided for us happens automatically. Salvation didn't happen automatically for you. Now, let me ask you a question. Is salvation for everyone? Yeah. God's not willing that any should perish. But then how many come to repentance? Amen. Jesus came to seek out and to save who? With that, with those, those that are lost. So God's not willing that any should pray. For God so loved the world. Amen. So he loved everyone. And what he did, he did for everyone. Now, because he did that for everyone, did people just automatically? No. Because the, you, know, you know the only thing that's automatic in your life? You being carnal. Y'all were born experts in carnality. I mean, from your mother's womb, you were, you were a flesh expert. I mean, you could be in the flesh and do it well. I mean, from, the, from coming out of your mama, because that's how we're born. And if you, and if you never do anything about that, even, even, even if you get born again, if you never intentionally do anything about your flesh, then nothing will be done about your flesh. If you never intentionally do anything to facilitate God's blessing in your life, then God's blessing is not going to work in your life. If you're sitting around twiddling your thumbs, thumbs thinking, well, you know, if the Lord wants me to have it, he'll just do it. Listen, it can be prophesied. People can, people can lay hands on you till they rub a bald spot. I mean, that's what's happened to me. People have laid hands on me so much that my hair is gone, you know. They can lay hands on you. But none of that is going to do it until you intentionally walk worthy are y'all hearing me today? And listen, I'm, again, some of you, all you hear when you hear walk worthy is you hear, you know, quit your sinning. That's not what I'm talking about. Walking, walking worthy means doing what it takes intentionally in order to, to make yourself available for the use of God and the purpose for which he created you. The reason why you were born. Amen. Because contrary to what most people think, God, Andrea, God didn't look at you after you were born and say, what am I going to do with this girl? Before you, before you were ever born, there was a need that needed to be met. 
in a, in a particular generation and in a particular time. And God said, I'm going to create me and Andrea to get it done. Andrea or Andrea? Andrea. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create. I know an Andrea too. She's my uh, cousin's wife. Anyway, but so I'm going to create me and Andrea to get it done. So when God constructed you, he constructed you to fit into a particular part of the body. To do, to do something. Now, now some people say this. Well, the Lord can do it without me. Yeah, he could. But why, why, why would he want to when he created you specifically for the purpose of getting it done? See, we, we've got to ditch all this false humility crap. That we, you know, people, it, that, that's, not, that's nothing but false humility. When God created you, he created you for a purpose. He, he put within you all the tools that are necessary to get it done. Uh, uh, by faith, believing that you would be born again and be filled with the Holy Ghost and give him room to do that work. Amen. Some, some people are like, oh, man, it's so terrible. The whole world is, the whole world is going to hell. And my God, it's just this. I've, I never believed it. And you know what? God created you and you were born and you were born in this time because God created you for such a time as this. You know what? There are problems and you're the solution. God created, that's why you exist right now. God created you to be the solution, not the problem, not to contribute to the problem, not to magnify the problem. Why in the world do we keep magnifying the problem when God created us to be the solution? See, and that's, and that's why we struggle, and that's why most of the church struggles. You know, revival doesn't elude us because it isn't the right time. Revival eludes us because we still haven't figured out that we have to work together with God and intentionally get some of these things done in order to facilitate all that God wants to do. You know what? God wants to do more than just knock people to the floor. Although, I, I mean, I love that. I love, the, I love that part of it. I just love waving my hand and watching people fall out. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Give you, yeah, give you the chicken skin. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. I know some of you are like, well, how do you, you know this? Well, because, <laughs> oh, because I've been through this. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then, let's read. Are y'all are y'all understanding this? Are you getting okay? So the the flag. The, now here's the deal. Intention. You have to intentionally. So so salvation belongs. Say salvation belongs to me. Salvation belongs. Did you were you automatically saved just because salvation belongs to you? No. You had to intentionally do something to be born again. What did you have to do? Well, you had to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. If you did that, you would be saved. Amen. Praise God. So salvation didn't come automatically. How many of you are baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with it? You know what? Just because you got saved didn't mean you automatically got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because the blessing of God isn't automatic. It has to be it has to be received. It has to be taken. You have to intentionally find out what belongs to you and then appropriate it in your life by the Spirit. Amen. Amen. And so once you knew it was yours and you knew that it belonged to you, then you could in Amen. Amen. 
Now, I've prayed for lots of people that wanted tongues. Guess what? You can't get baptized in the Holy Ghost just because you want tongues. I've, I've prayed for... I had a girl. I was in Texas. Fort Worth, Texas. And this lady came to me. She was... Uh, I say she was a girl because she looked super young. But uh, she, she was older than she looked. She, she looked like she was in her teens and she was in her 30s. And had two children of her own that were in their teens. And she came to me and she said, I want to speak with tongues. I said, okay. I said, we can, we can handle that. We can get that done today. She said, you don't understand. I wanted to speak in tongues for 20 years. I said, you're not that old. And she told me how old she was. And she said, everyone has prayed for me over and over and over again to receive tongues. And I've never received nothing. I said, really? I said, so you've asked people to pray for you for tongues and you've never gotten tongues. She said, no. I said, I've got good news for you today. I can tell you why you've never received it. She goes, really? I said, yes. I said, I, I said but today, before you leave here, you're going to leave here speaking in an unknown tongue. I said, it ain't going to take but about two or three seconds before it happens. She said, how, how, how can you be so sure? I said, because I know what the Bible says. And obviously, there have been some people that prayed for you, didn't know, come here from Sikkim. Never bothered to find. And now, don't get me wrong. Some people hear me say that. They're like, well, he's just knocking so. No, I ain't knocking nobody. I'm just saying, you know, uh, you, you got to figure, uh, figure that someone didn't know what they were telling her, what they were talking about. So I said, I said, I know the problem. I said, so what is it that you want from the Lord? She says, I want to pray in tongues. I want tongues. I said, and so when you've prayed, I said, what have you prayed for? She said, tongues. I said, do you know that you can't receive tongues by praying for tongues? And nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to pray. Well, except, I mean, generally at the end of the 12th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, it says, desire earnestly the best gifts. And so, you know, I guess if you desire them, what things soever you desire when you pray, if you believe you receive them, you can have them. But, well, of course, we're talking about the gift of diverse tongues. We're not talking about what comes with, uh, as the initial evidence after you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And so I said, I said, so here's the deal. I said, what you've been praying is wrong. Now, I know, I know this is going to be foreign to many of you, but God will not answer a prayer that you pray outside of his will. Some of you are going to be like Fred Sanford on Sanford and stuff. You're you about to do. Oh. <laughs> now, see, some people think that's legalism. No. The, the reason why God doesn't answer prayers that go outside of his will is because if he did that, that would confuse you. You wouldn't know what to expect from him. You wouldn't know what to believe him for. That's why God is a God of his word. Some people say, you can't put God in a box. That's right, because God already put himself in a box. It's that book right there. Do you know God is bigger than the boundaries of the pages of this book? Now, we'll, we'll never know him in that way until, until we get out of this world and into the world to come. But for, for as long as we're in this earth, as long as we're in this world, God will hold himself to the boundaries that he gave us in his word. Why? Because that keeps us safe. It keeps us from deception. It keeps us from, it keeps us from running around like a bunch of chickens with our heads cut off, expecting all kind of weirdness and freakiness from God that his word doesn't make room for. 
Well, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> so I told I said, I said, I said, uh, I said, uh, if you want tongues, I said, then uh, here's what you need. You need the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I said, because the initial evidence of Holy Ghost baptism is speaking in an unknown tongue. I said, it's like, it's like, it's like praying for a flag to flap instead of praying for what is necessary to make a flag flap. If you want to see a flag flap, pray for wind because the manifestation of wind is a flapping flag. Just like the manifestation of the Holy Ghost baptism is praying in an unknown tongue. If you want your tongue to flap, get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because the evidence of the, evidence of the entrance of God's Spirit into one's life is, is praying in an unknown tongue. She looked at me. It was, it was like all of a sudden a burden was lifted off of her shoulders. A light went on in this girl. She was like, I never heard anything like that. I said, I know. Because here's the deal. If she, if she had, she'd have got it. You know. That's right. See, you think we'd put two and two together. That we'd realize the things that we've not yet, we've not yet seen manifested in our life. There's a, there's a reason. And it's not just because the barometric pressure is off or the planets aren't aligned. Or we didn't, we didn't worship the right worship or sing the right song or pray the right prayer or have the right person lay hands on us. We didn't have the right apostle come through. We didn't have the right prophet prophesy over. Churches, it's really not that complicated. It's not rocket science. If we will be people that will adhere to and trust in and rely upon the word of God as, as, as truth and believe that what he said, he meant. If he said it, he meant it. If he, if he meant it, then he'll do it. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. And we don't have to, we don't have to harass him. We don't have to prod him. We don't have to work, work up. A, now listen, I like getting worked up in worship and worked up in praise, but not for the purpose of trying to manipulate God to do something that I want him to do. I'll spit this gum out in this tissue because it's going to get spit on somebody here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> That's why Pastor Eddie now sits in the second to last row. So I, uh, I, I looked at her. I said, I said that. She goes, I've never heard that. I said, I know. I said, isn't it awesome? She's like, well, yes. I said, you know what that means? That means if you ask him to baptize, you know what Jesus said? Jesus said God would give the Holy Ghost to all those who ask. And I showed her the scripture. She goes, that's what it says. I said, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> isn't that wonderful? She said, yes, it's wonderful. And so I said, all right. Uh, I said, you're going to ask and you're going, and because you asked, you're going to receive. And so she did. I, I led her in the prayer. I said, I said, say this with me, Lord, baptize me in the Holy Ghost, fill me with your spirit. Before we could even get done praying the prayer in English, she went to stammering. I said, Lord, 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 Lord. I said, and she's, you know, she's a swaying it until she, you know, two seconds later, she's speaking in an unknown tongue. Because God does what he you know what I found out? I found out when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation, it's not hard to see miracles. 
When the Holy Ghost isn't in manifestation, it's nearly impossible to see a miracle. When the Holy Ghost is in manifestation, it is nearly impossible to see any of these. You say, Brother Ziggy, you said nearly impossible. Yeah, nearly impossible because many times the only way that we can see anything that we think is a miracle is if it's manufactured by men or the devil manifests. But when the Spirit of God is in manifestation, all these things that we keep thinking that we're going to pull the right lever and push the right button to receive, all these things, when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation, they're things that happen automatically. When we, when we choose to do the Word of God and position ourselves and intentionally get in the Spirit and intentionally walk worthy of the vocation, and in, amen. I told y'all to pray that I wouldn't get stuck here. But you know, we need, to, we need to be reminded of this every now and again. Anybody else need to be reminded of this every now and again? Man, when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation, guess what? If you're sick, he'll lead you to healing. If you're broke, he'll lead you to prosperity. If you're in darkness, he'll lead you to the light. If you're in bondage, he'll lead you to liberty. You know, you don't have to go through the whole deliverance manual to get people delivered if you get in the Spirit and the Holy Ghost manifests. In fact, in fact, you can, you can just kind of look at people and, and scratch your head and, and the whole, if the Holy Ghost is in manifestation. I've seen devils come out. Listen, I've looked at people and, and opened up my mouth and deep, just not even say anything. And demons, ah! They're anticipating what I'm going to say. Right. Y'all heard me tell the testimony of A.A. A. Allen and Richard Roberts. Yes. They tried to cast devils out of a woman back in, the, back in that voice of healing days. Richard Roberts was just a kid. They were trying to cast devils out of a woman, and those demons were in that woman, and she was mocking, she was mocking all of these evangelists that healed the sick. William Branham, Jack Coe, uh, Oral Roberts, you know, all, all these guys that were, you know, uh, uh, generals in the faith. All these preachers gathered around and tried to cast the devil out of this woman and the devil wouldn't come out. They tried for 45 minutes and one by one, they all went back to their chairs until all of them were gone and the woman was still at the altar bound up with those evil spirits, laughing and mocking that whole group of people in that great big giant healing crusade. Richard Roberts said he watched his dad walk away. He wasn't, he wasn't any more than 10, 10 or 12 years old. I'm telling this for the people that hadn't heard it. But he said all of a sudden, he said he saw a man walking from the back of this giant assembly. I heard Richard Roberts tell this. And he don't tell, he, he don't tell it on television. <laughs> Or he didn't, he didn't back in the day. If I'd have heard it when I was younger, it would have really been inspirational. But anyway, he said he saw this. He saw an old man, old white-headed man walking down the aisle. Skinny. Walked up to this woman. Knelt down next to her. Bent down next to her. Whispered something in her ear. And when he whispered it in her ear, she went, Ah! The demons came out of her. And she was delivered. Oh, yeah. And she got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost right there. After that happened, it was A.A. A. Allen. That's right. 
It was A.A. Allen. So Richard Roberts said, I'm going to find out what Brother Allen said to that woman. Because I might, I might need to say that someday. <laughs> so after the service, he, he walks up to Brother Allen, tugs on his coat, says, Brother Allen, my name's Richard Roberts. I'm Oral Roberts' son. And I watched all those men trying to cast devils out of that woman, and none of them had any success. Even my dad couldn't get that demon to come out of that woman. I just want to know, what did you say to that woman? What was it that you said to that woman to get that devil to come out of her? <laughs> he said, A.A. Allen looked at him and he said, son, I just said, devil, this is A.A. Allen. Come out of the woman in Jesus name. <laughs> what was the difference between Allen and the rest of them? Well, the manifestation of the spirit, the Holy Ghost. Maybe Allen had a greater revelation of his authority. Of the vocation. Of the calling. You know, you know what Shambach said? Shambach said, because he, he traveled with Brother Allen, he said that man cast more devils out on accident than he ever did on purpose. Of course, you have to kind of, I'm talking about doing things intentionally. You know what I'm saying? But that's, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. When you intentionally walk worthy of the vocation, you're called to, you're not going to you're not gonna have to try real hard to do this stuff. As long as we, as a generation, continue to strive to do these things, we're, we're not doing it right. We, you do have to go through this, though. Don't get me wrong. You will have to go through the striving. It's a part of the, it's a part of the journey. You will, you will go through it, but it, it'll, it'll do you nearly no good except, except to persuade you that you have to believe the Word of God. You have to believe. The, you have to trust that it's not by might and it's not by power. It's by His Spirit. All right. Walk worthy. Of, <laughs> that took a minute. Uh, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Anybody have any questions about that before I move on? <clears throat> Oh, I forgot to turn my phone off. I'm sorry. It's my sister. They're checking on me because uh, a firework blew up in my face yesterday, and um, everybody seemed to think that it was. Listen, I I left bleeding one year on a Fourth of July. <laughs> I'm resilient. I was like the three Hebrew children last night, except for it was just it was just me in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any hair to burn, so I was good. <clears throat> All the people with hair ran, you know. <laughs> Not me, Carolyn. I was like. <laughs> Anybody have any questions about that? Yes, ma'am. Um, okay, so, um, my question is, I guess I have been asking about, you know, about prayer, and you did kick a cow about uh -oh. the blood of Jesus. Uh-oh. Because uh -oh. I've I still been churning on it. That's my question. 
And I did it today when I was praying for somebody. I'm like, Lord, but I'm thinking, oh, well, we need to let everybody in that doesn't know. Okay. I, I, told, I, told, I, told, I told everyone that pleading the blood of Jesus wasn't scriptural. Right. And I'm like. And, you know, that's a holy cow. It is. Because everybody be pleading the blood of Jesus. Everybody in their grip. Now, listen. But. Am I, I, are you going to get a rebuke from me if you plead the blood? If you plead the blood of Jesus, am I going to go, that's not the Bible. <laughs> but no, now no, I'm aware I'm of it. I'm, do like, that. I'm probably going to let you do it, but it does little to no good. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, so let's deal with that because I've been carrying that like all week and I didn't call you because I'm like, I don't want to do that. I need, but, okay, so here's my thought. Again, I said that in passing. I had no idea. What I that. know, but you know what? It, it brings back to what my other comment because I, you know, God is, you know, I do prayer. I hate to say I do, but... Oh, I Okay. I have really located when I'm in the spirit and when I'm not doing prayer. And that's not, I mean, I'm taking it well. It's not a put down, but it's like how I approach it or how uh, I'm designed to be led by the spirit. You definitely, because one of the things you tell us, Pastor, is when you can recognize what's not. Yes. Then you know what it is. Yes. And so I'm, I'm recognizing what's not. But then I have my own personal prayer time. So one of the things I know for sure, you know, doing prayer in those times and having your own personal prayer life is, is separate. But you also find out why some of your prayers haven't been answered. Because like you say, you pray in the midst. So back to the blood of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I do plead the blood because I've done it in a former season. Right. And I felt like it had worked. But it was, I'm thinking about when the angel passed in the, you know, when they were in the Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh -huh. Was it Sodom and Gomorrah in, in the... Well, you mean Passover when they put the... Passover, the yeah, 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 yes. And on the door of the lintel, then they you right. told mm -hmm. them, you know, to plead the blood of Jesus. Yes. Like, that's where I'm coming from. And so I just need this cow to die because it's still kind of moving. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like on its last leg. And, I, and it's not that I want to be defiant, but if it don't work, it just don't work. But I know there's power in the name of Jesus. That's the, that's the thing is that there's power according to Scripture. There's And again, I, I don't want you all to think that I'm, you know, some of the, these, these are non-essentials. I'm not... There's, there are some people that will tell you, hey, you know, yeah, you need to, like that guy, he talks just like that too. What did the Bible say? What did the Bible say? Anybody know who I'm talking about in the reels? No, nobody knows. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about, Tyler. The Bible says, you know, anyway, um, that, that guy there, you know, if you do anything, you know, outside of scripture or whatever, I mean, he's like, that's the devil. You're, you're giving place to the devil. You're demon possessed. And now you gotta. That's not the way that it is. Um, you know, there's a lot of people pleading the blood of Jesus. It can, it does. What you're doing is like praying for tongues, praying for someone to receive tongues. You're praying and you're going through the motions. It's just not doing a whole lot of good. Um, in fact, it could just be hindering that person further, but the devil isn't involved in, you know, any of that. In fact, the enemy's probably like, ah, go ahead and do you all ain't hurting nothing. Um, but when you break out the name of Jesus, 
Now, he don't like to be, don't get me wrong. The devil don't like to be reminded of the blood. But the blood, when we read scripture, the blood was for God. Everywhere. It was for God. Like, I, I, just, I guess that's not connecting to me. Like, what do you mean? Uh, I'm sorry, y'all. I just need to keep this still. Well, I mean, I would have... Uh, no, no, no. I, I know, I guess in my head, in my mind, maybe it's because I'm in my... Um, um, how can I say? I'm trying to figure out a way to explain what I'm trying to say. Let me, let me, um, let me read you, um, we, we, what we, I think sometimes what happens with us is that we, that we try to, um, um, we try to take scriptures from the Old Testament and we, um, try to make them, um, go to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter 1, um, it says this, um, chapter 1, verse 5, Joe, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, next verse, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, next verse, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. So we have, through his blood, what we have is the forgiveness of sins. How is it that we have the forgiveness of sins through his blood? Well, his blood was laid at the altar for God. As it just so think about the Old Testament sacrifice of blood. That blood was shed, uh, and was shed and covered the sins of the people. But who was that? Who was that blood for? That blood wasn't for people. Right. It was for God. God was asking for that offering. God was asking for that sacrifice. So when Jesus shed His blood, He gave His blood to God for us. Okay? Okay, yeah. So that, that's, that, that's the blood. So when we say we plead the blood, well, wait a minute. That's done. Jesus presented. You, you ever wonder why when they touched Jesus, he, when, when, when Jesus showed up and he said, let's, let's, let's eat something. And, he, and they, he said, touch me. He said, and, and they went to touch me. He said this. He says, for I am flesh and bone. But he didn't say blood. You know, you know why? You know why Jesus said, you know why Jesus didn't say, I'm flesh and blood? Because he wasn't flesh and blood no more. He was flesh and bone because he had presented the sacrifice that he had made of his blood to God for our redemption, for the forgiveness of our sins. Huh? That he was our atonement. That was the whole purpose of the blood. Now, his name. That's a whole nother ball game there. 
because his name was given to us to have authority over devils, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to, to pray and to ask anything in his name. He, in fact, he said it, hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. If you will ask from now on in my name, I will do it. Glory to So there's no greater authority or greater power than there is in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Now see, when you figure that out, you go to throwing that name around, understanding the authority. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to scramble the devil's brains. So does that, does, did that make sense to you? So, and there, there are other scriptures. When you go and you look at scriptures about the blood in the New Testament, nearly everyone of those, well, all of them, talk about the redemption of man, talk about the uh, washing away of our sins. And that, that's what it talks about. Because when Jesus shed his blood, that was the purpose for which he shed his blood. Again, does, are you going to hell for pleading the blood of Jesus? No. Uh, is God plugging his ears when you plead the blood of Jesus? No. Just like he's not plugging our ears when we sing silly songs that are unscriptural. <laughs> he's probably like, you know, it's like a kid. I mean, my kids have done silly things. <laughs> They have done and said silly things for me. I know God probably looks and he's like, eh, you'll, 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 you'll get it. It's not, that, it's not that he's okay with it or, or that he condones it or that he, uh, um, uh, how do you say, uh, uh, endorses it. He doesn't endorse it. But we're not going to get him to move in the way that we want him to based on how we think. We have to believe his word. Yes. It's all of everything that, oh, I hate this thing. <laughs> it's everything that led up to that, even in the Old Testament. Everything they had to do just to get to that point. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's a principle. It is a, it is a principle. And the, 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 thing, the thing that keeps us, again, the reason why I spent so much time on the vocation wherewith you are called. That, that's, that's what that scripture is talking about. Walking worthy of the vocation. Uh, who, works, who works a job? Anybody, work a, anybody here have a job somewhere and you work? Where you work at, Derek? You work at Oklahoma Electric Supply Company. So Derek works at Oklahoma Electric Supply. Um, I'm sure he has a job description. We're not going to ask you for all that information. He's probably like, please don't, don't ask me a lot of questions here. But anyway, but he works for Oklahoma Electric Supply. Um, how, would how would someone like Derek or Lewis or any one of you that work a job, how would you walk worthy of your job? Well, by, by getting the training that you need, learning the things that you need to learn to do your job well, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of those things. You, you know, show up, show up, be, be faithful. You know, uh, fulfill, your, fulfill your commitment, fulfill your obligation. Uh, to, you know, I know some people, they'll get a job, and then they'll complain the whole time they're there. Listen, you didn't have to, you didn't have to agree to work there. But once you did agree... You're obligated. You know, I had a pastor tried to leave a denomination while we were in the middle of revival at his church. 
We were in the middle of one of the greatest revivals that we've, in fact, Sheree got, got touched in that revival. That's where God touched Sheree, was in that revival. That's where Joe got touched, was in that revival. That's where we met Hilton David. That's where, that's where Michael Salazar got touched, was in that revival. And we were, we were, yes, that's right, Don was there. In the middle of that, now, Don, I'm not, I hope I'm not saying anything out of school here. But anyway, um, you're about to learn something. <laughs> I think we're far enough away from it, but anyway, okay, good. But uh, well, and we're in the middle of that revival, and when you're having revival, not only were the people of that church participating in the revival, now there's a bunch of people that are coming to that revival because they've heard of what's happening, and now I'm, you know, now I have an investment in this revival, and I have a responsibility to walk worthy of the do you, do you know if you'll walk worthy of the call, God will entrust you with power. God will entrust you with anointing. God will entrust you with what is necessary for you to function on a level that you're not capable of functioning in the natural. That's, the, that's really the key to the supernatural. And so now... You know, I'm there, and I have an obligation to walk worthy of my calling. So when this pastor in the middle of this revival says to me, he calls me in the office, and he says, hey, we're going to end the revival tonight. He said, but we're only ending it because um, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave the denomination that I'm a part of, and I need a, I need a couple of weeks. I'm going to leave the denomination, and I'm going to make it, you know, where anyone that wants to come with me can come with me. We'll go down the road and we'll get another building. We'll start another church and then we'll start the revival again. And, and when he said that, I looked at him and I said, we ain't, we're not ending the revival tonight. We're ending the revival right now. I'm not going out there to preach. I'm not going to be a part of this. He was like, what are you talking about? I said, what you're doing is unethical. What you're doing is something that is outside of what the See, some of y'all some of y'all ain't hearing this. Some of y'all think you can act any way you want to, and God is obligated to do whatever it is that you want him to do. I've got news for you. I've got news for you, church. The reason why the Holy Ghost isn't working in the way that we want him to is because this is the part that's jacked up. We know all of our rights and none of our responsibilities. Mario Murillo called them high-maintenance, no-impact Christians. You're always maintaining them, but you never get anything out of them. You pump up their tires, you open up the garage, and they all go flat again. High-maintenance, no-impact. If, if, if there was ever a statement that described and he didn't just, this isn't recent. This was in a book back in, he released back in the 80s. <laughs> high-maintenance, no-impact. Well, he said low impact. I say no impact. I put the, I put the no. He said low. I put the no. <laughs> but I, I told that pastor, I said, listen, I can't, I can't get with you there. He said, well, I don't understand. I said, let me help you to understand. He said, well, he said, maybe you don't understand. He says, I don't agree with their their uh, tenets of faith anymore. I don't agree with there's so much politics and so much. I said, bro, when you joined this denomination, you knew what their tenets of faith were. You knew the 
the political rigmarole. Now listen, that's why I'm not a part of your denomination because I know better than to join myself with that. I know better than to run with people that I can't run with. I'm not going to commit myself to, listen, Melody, I'm not going to commit myself to run with you if I know I can't finish with you. If I don't have your back, I ain't going with you. Because I'm not going to let you believe that I have your back only midway through me saying, I can't do this, and leaving you, your back exposed. These are, the, these are the things that mean you. Do you know that God is a God of his word for a reason? There's nothing that means more to God than his word. The Bible says this, heaven and earth will pass away. God's word will never pass away. God's word will be forever. Man won't live by bread alone, but by every word that presents. You know, God's word is the most important thing that he has. He said it himself. His word is the most important thing that he's given to us. Well, guess what? If his word is important, don't you reckon he thinks, he, you think he wants your word to be important? That when you say something... Listen, someone can come up to me and say, you live at 17004, you know, da-da-da, and give me my address. They can tell me my birthday. They can tell me what I ate for breakfast prophetically. They can tell me all kinds of stuff and, and just blow my mind. But I'm going to tell you right now, if they are not people of their word, I don't care what you saw. You go see it for somebody else. If you can't keep your word, I'm going to tell you right now, God has a problem with that. You know what's impressive to me about people in, mini people in ministry? People that will do what they say. That is the rarest thing in the church. People that, people that say, hey, you know what? We're with you. And then come hell or high water, they're with you. They're not just with you when it's good. They're not just with you when everything, uh, when all, when everything rolls right with them and everything is going well for them. But they're with you because God said that they needed to be with you. And they're going to hang on to that because that's what the Lord said. And when they're, and when they're miss, missing a chunk of skin and they're missing a patch of hair and they're limping and they're still keeping God's word and doing what God, that's what's impressive. Do you know those are the kind of people God does miracles for? People that got a bald spot because their hair got yanked out. People that are people that got a scar over here. Amen. People that are limping because they wrestled with God. That's right. Go ahead now. Come on. that's right. They got an old crooked finger. And they're the ones that God, they're the ones that God uses to do miracles. Why? Because these people stood on the word of God. Just like God watches over his word to perform it, and he doesn't let one word fall to the ground, but he, he, they accomplish everything that they were set out to do. God wants us to be that way. Do you know what the most, you know what the most difficult thing for a Christian to do is not to prophesy. That's not prophesying. It's not doing gifts of the spirit. Those are all manifestations of the spirit. Those aren't hard for us to do because we don't do them. What's hard for us to do is walk worthy of the calling by... That's right. That's right. Boy, I'm preaching. I am preaching and I shouldn't be. 
I'm supposed to be teaching tonight. Boy, listen, I am on it. You know, these are, these are the things that will help you when the devil comes and he starts messing with you and he starts picking on you. And I know he has been. Listen, the enemy enemy been picking on y'all. Your old flesh has been trying to rise up. All your insecurities been trying to come up in, in your face. And, 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 and never, you know, never when you're over here around us. Only when you get away and he, he has a chance to just really put you through the ringer. But you know, if you remember these things that I'm telling you, you'll figure out exactly why he's doing that. He's doing that because if he can get you to not walk worthy of the calling that he's called you to, then he can keep you from manifesting the Holy Ghost and seeing the fullness of revival manifested in the earth in this season. I looked at that, Pastor. I said, listen, I've got, I've got, too, I've got, too, much, I've, I've got too much respect for the people that are coming to this revival. I have too much respect for your people. I said, you don't, you don't understand. Now that, now that I'm here and we've got people coming here to this revival that are coming because they've come because of our ministry, I have to walk worthy of the call, of the job that God has called me to do. How worthy would I be if I helped you to do something so unethical Something that is so outside of God's character and God's way of doing things. What would that say about my marriage? I said, no, I refuse. I said, in fact, whatever you got planned, you go ahead and do it. I'm going home. Yeah, I, 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 I started gathering my stuff. He said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just, just let, let me explain it to me. I said, look, you need to do what's right. You need to call your bishop. You need, to, you need to tell them what's going on. You need to explain to them the, the issues that you're having. You need to give them an opportunity to get things straight or to make things right. Or, you know, give them an opportunity to turn you loose. But you can't play like you didn't know what you was getting into. See, some of y'all came here and, and you didn't know what you was getting into. But now that you know. You, there's a responsibility right. to whom much is given, much is required. That's right. The more you know, the more you're responsible for. That's the way the kingdom works. See, that's why some people don't want to go to word churches. Because you go to a word church and a word church make you have to walk right. Yeah, you'll hear something about pleading the blood and it's be like, oh! <laughs> All right, Carolyn, All right, wait a minute. Listen, Carolyn, just to make you feel better, I did it for years. Until one day I did it, and I, and I felt like the Holy Ghost said to me, um, how, how much good is that doing you? I said, well, the blood's powerful. He says, what my, what's my word saying? I began to dig, and I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. You know, I... I I shifted things. Now, am I going to condemn anybody? No, I'm not going to do that. So let me tell you this. What did that pastor do? He repented. And he didn't do that. He stayed with the denomination. Thank God. We, we did have a service that night because he told me, you're right. I repent. I'm sorry. 
I'm not going to do that. And we ended up having another, I think, 12 weeks of revival, 13 weeks of revival. Man, it was, it was powerful. And we ended up having another 13, whatever, whatever it was, 13, 14 weeks more of revival. What, what was the total revival there, Don? How many? Huh? Was it 20 weeks? We ended up having a bunch more weeks of revival. And God continued to pour out his spirit. And as far as I know, he's still with that denomination. So uh, thank God. There's a lot to be said for people that will. Now, here's the thing. Does he have to do the things that are, he feels are unscriptural? Uh, for the, no, you don't have to do the things that are unscriptural. But you do at least have to be a person of integrity. Honor those that, that are in authority over you, even, even if you don't agree with them. Amen. I think Joe Biden's flakier than a two-crust pie. I mean, I heard him one day, and he's like, the thing about America is... I thought, dear God, he's talking in tongues. Someone got him baptized in the Holy Ghost. Found out he was just a bunch of gibberish, you know? It wasn't tongues at all. But, you know, you want to you be ugly, but I'm not going to be... I'm, I'm, he's, he's, whether you like it or not, I know some of you, he ain't my president. Yeah, he is. Whether you like it or not. And you know what the Bible says? You're to pray for him. And you're to believe that God will turn his heart and the hearts of all those wicked ones and that it will be good for us, no matter who's in that office. Amen. Melody. Is that why some people don't want to get into the Bible and learn the Bible? Yes. They don't want to be responsible for it? Yes. Because there's a lot of responsibility that comes with the Word of God. You know, um, uh, it's, it's, much easier, it's, it's much easier to cast off restraint. You know, we, we talked about that verse of Scripture in the book of Proverbs. It says that um, where there is no vision. Pull, pull it up there, Joe, will you? Search it up. I can't tell you where it's at. I don't remember the address. But if you'll search it up and bring it up, maybe in the Amplified, um, we'll, we'll, we can look at it. It'll help us out. Is this helping anybody at all here today? Is this strengthening you? Now, see, some of you, some of you feel it churning in your inner man. See, some of you are like, oh, wait a minute, man. There's something going on here. Yeah, amen. Amen. And we didn't even have to have a fire tunnel. I'm not against fire tunnels. Don't get me wrong. Had them. Still do have them. Let's have a, you know, amen. But I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you can have the fire without a tunnel Amen. if you'll believe the word of God. <laughs> Where there is no vision, people perish. Do you have it in Amplified Classic? Can you roll it up in Amplified Classic? Oh, I think it says it in the Amplified. No, it doesn't say it in that one. Uh, how about... Um... Yes, what, what, what version is that in? Is it English Standard Version? Ah, thank you. New King James. Where there is no revelation. Where there is no revelation. Where there is no revelation. Now, I want you to look at this verse of Scripture. Where there is no, in other words, where there's only logos and no rhema. Where there's no revelation, where, where, where the Spirit of God hasn't breathed upon that word. When there's no walking worthy, when, the, when it means nothing, 
people, the, now there's one, the, that King James says, people perish. But that, here's the literal translation. People cast off restraint. So in other words, listen, listen to what it says. If you have no vision, if you have no word from God, if you have, if you, if you have no word from God, you have nothing to hang on to. And if you have nothing to hang on to, you will cast off restraint. In other words, you will run around like a chicken with your head cut off. But once you have a word from God, a word from God will cause you to be faithful to something, to honor something, someone All of a sudden, the relationships that you have aren't, people aren't expendable. You can't just do what you want to do anywhere you want to. Right. Yes, sir. Is, is tying that together, is the law the vocation and vice versa? When you walk in your vocation, is that not the law? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Yes, sir. I mean, you could say that. You could say that, um, that a walking worthy of your calling is walking after the spirit. Or, or the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now here's what some people, well, yeah, I don't agree with that. You don't have to agree with it. It's the word of God. It works whether you agree with it or not. It says what it says. And see, that, that's, that's where we as God's people, we have to get to that place where we're like, you know what? God's word says it and I have a problem with it, but you know what? I got to get over it. If I'm going to be everything God wants me to be, I have to go, you know what? All of us had a struggle. I, I don't know if you all know this or not, but at one time I had a real problem with authority. I mean, anyone in authority, police officers, especially police officers, bosses, <laughs> you know, I, I worked at a job. I had a problem. I had a problem with authority. Do you know, you know what, you know what, uh, you know what started that? And this is, uh, this is really what I want to get to. You know what started that? Uh, previous experiences, bad experiences with police officers started my problem with the authority. Them, them, pu them pulling us over as teenagers, dragging us out of the car, uh, trying to make us look bad, belittling us, put, putting us on the ground, kicking us. They, they beat up one of my friends. Cop took off his belt, said, oh, you think you're all that? I mean, this is a grown man fighting with a teenager. And they scrapped, of course, a grown man beat the fire out of him. He's Native American, Tiger Goodwin. I remember his name. <laughs> Native Tiger Goodwin. But anyway, he... <laughs> I, love, I love that. <clears throat> those, those experiences... They put you in a, in, a, in a bad way. Well, guess what? See, some of us now, some of us when we're, here we are, we're gathered in a place and, and uh, something happens like, say, say, you know, for example, I'm, I'm here and, and I know Ralph, man, we've, we've been trying to connect. Uh, Joe had told me Ralph had a question and thank God Ralph went to Google and got the answer. But, um, you know, it's hard sometimes to, to catch me and to be able to talk with me after service because there's a line of people, you know, and, you, and then, you know, you got kids and you got family or you got someplace you got to be. And, and then you see Pastor Annie and Pastor Annie's like, sick, sick, you know, and, and uh, Gabe, Gabe is trying to show me something he learned on the keyboard. 
and you're trying to you're trying to be okay. But you know what? Sometimes what ends up happening? Well, you know, pastor makes time for Sheree, but he don't make time for nobody else. You know, I saw Ted, and he he was out with Pastor Zig, and, you know, I never got asked to go out with Pastor Zig. That's real, right? Isn't that real? And that's, that's what makes the church world environment hard to navigate. Because you know what we're dealing with? We're dealing with all of our insecurities. We're dealing with all the rejection that we've ever felt. And we've, nearly all of us have felt it at every church we've been to, which is why we're now at Winner's Church. Trying to find a place where we feel accepted and still trying to navigate the walk because, because you know what? We're awkward. Now the environment that we carry around with us is an environment that is leery of everybody. Our, our defense mechanisms, our defense mechanisms are to not be hurt. And so we're, we're like this. And then we're, we become disappointed when people can't get past this. I mean, it gets tough. It gets tough. Anybody know? You, you know why I'm saying this? Because I've had conversations with... Gosh, I'm. If you, everyone that has had my, that everyone that has my number, and see, this can cause insecurities too. You mean you have Pastor Zig's number? I don't have Pastor Zig's number. You know, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> But anyone that does have my number, I've been on the phone with you all for the last couple of weeks talking about those very things. Do you know, do you know why it is we're, you know why it is that we're seeing, we're dealing with this right now, church? It's not because the, that problem exists in our church. That's not what it is. When you start walking worthy of your calling... God will start fixing all the stuff that will knock you off the path. God will start ironing all those wrinkles that he knows that, that if you hit, in the past you hit that wrinkle and it sent, sent you back to square one. See, what God's trying to do is he's trying to get that worked out. Because here's, here's the truth, church. The most hostile environment that there is on planet earth is ministry. And some of you, every, well, not some of you, all of you believe you're called of God, called to do some sort of, well, guess what? If the devil knows what button will, he can push to shut you down, he'll push it straight away. And he'll push it and push it and push it and push it and push it until he, until he can get you to stop. And if it stopped you in the past, he knows good and well it'll stop you in the future. So you know what we're not trying to do at Winner's Church? I'm not trying to spend time with all of y'all. Because that's not the solution. The, the, solution is, the solution is this. Whether I spend any time with pastor or not, I'm, I'm not here. I love pastor, but I ain't here for pastor. I'm here for Jesus. 
and I will serve in this church like as if I'm serving the, whoo, boy, I'm preaching. Of course, I, I think I've said this. Y'all are in a unique position. I, I really sense that there's coming a, a, a time when people are going to come and they're not going to have. Some of you, like Melody and, and others that are new, that are part of this church, Brandon, do you know, um, some of us, we, we don't, some of you new folks, I want to I I be, care, be careful. Maybe not even just new folks, but everyone, but especially if you're new in this church, be careful that you don't just gravitate toward people that don't make you uncomfortable. One of the reasons why our church has a strong a base and a strong foundation is because when we first got together, um, no one knew how much money anybody made. Nobody knew, you know, what neighborhood anybody lived in. Nobody knew what others did for a living. We were just discovering these things about one another. And so when we were invited to Ted's house, we all just rolled up into Ted's house. Oh, yeah. and, we, and we went to the tallies. And we, and we went to uh, uh, Joe's house. And, and uh, it wasn't just Joe's house, but it was Joe's and about 17 other people. That's right. Hilda, David, Joe, and anyone else they could cram in there. <laughs> Ayla, yeah, Marissa, Marissa, yeah, Marissa. So <clears throat> we, would, we would just go to all these. And here, here was the thing. We showed up at Michael and Twyla's house. And they, at the time, they lived over in a, uh, what was it called? A Cobblestone. Cobblestone. They lived in a gated neighborhood. Well, you know what? By the time people figured out they lived in a... There's, there's a lot of people in our church never been in a gated neighborhood. Don't, yeah. only gate they, the only gate they ever saw was the gate that closed on them after they got locked up in the drunk tank. And so when, when Michael's like, hey, y'all, come over. Let's, go, let's hang out. And we all showed up. And it's like, oh, Michael live over here cobblestone now you know what michael did michael wasn't michael wasn't all uppity he wasn't looking down his nose at nobody he wasn't acting like he was all that in a bag of chips man they opened up the door to their house and we all man we all we crashed that place boy we crashed that place. we jumped in the swimming pool we're doing cannonball <laughs> the dogs are getting wet your, your kids are falling in the pool i'm rescuing them I remember which one of your girls fell in, but she just plopped in. Nobody heard her. She just plopped in there, and I'm watching, man. I'm watching. It was one of the twins. She plopped into the pool, and I'm watching. I'm like, somebody go get that kid. And nobody went. I went and grabbed her by the britches, pulled her. I said, hey, somebody come get this kid. <laughs> but you know, you know what? That, you know what uh, happened was that we all got to know one another, all of us. And so now some, some of them are new. They've come into an environment where all of us know each other. And, but some of us, we know the economic status, of, or we think we do, based on what we see. And so we're only gravitating toward people that don't mess with that insecurity that we have about that. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Amen. Now, far be it from me to put you on the spot. But see, if you're, if you're going to walk worthy of the calling, then you, we have to understand that in the Lord, there's, there's no Jew, Gentile, bond-free, male, female, rich, poor. There's none of that. 
But the Lord will help you out. He'll, he'll work these things out of you. And for, and for others, it's not that. For others, it's just, you know, I've always been treated a certain way. This has always been the way people have done with me. I'm tired of this. What you don't understand is God's just trying to work things out in you. It's, it's not, you know, everywhere I go, maybe he's been trying to work it out of you for a long time. I'm talking, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all am I talking to right now? I want everybody to look around so you don't think I'm picking on you. See? Everybody. Because we're all going through it. Why do you think we're all going through it? Because God's trying, he's setting us up. We're headed to a destination. And for, and for us to make it and still be able to do God's will at the end of it, we have to win these battles. Oh, yeah. Look, Debbie right now. Listen, Debbie. You're in, you're in the, you're, last week you was probably in the fight of your life this past several days. I mean, earlier in the week. Not no more, but earlier in the week. But, but you know what? Debbie, you've done, listen, you, you've come a long way. Because I remember a t- I remember a time then that wouldn't you wouldn't have you wouldn't even have been here today. You'd have been like I'm done because because we, we're shifting some things around when it comes to Debbie's position, and I haven't I haven't even had time yet to talk to her about that. Go ahead, can, can I talk a little bit just a little bit about in Debbie's mind because I we took I took a responsibility that Debbie has had nearly as long as we've been thirteen years. She's had a certain responsibility. And I asked her, or I, I asked her indirectly, you know, with David and Hilda, to uh, step aside from that because we're trying to make some, uh, some, some adjustments and make some changes in that area. How do, you take, how do you take something that someone has been doing for 13 years and do it in a way that they, because it doesn't matter how you, it doesn't matter the, our, our reasons for doing it. Once she hears it, she'll be like, okay, I, I, I kind of understand it. Don't, st- still don't make me feel real good that I had to give up my baby, but, but how do you do that? How do you do that and do that? Well, you don't. Debbie, Debbie, we just had to rip the Band-Aid off. And I knew, but I knew you'd come a long way. So, um, so Debbie, you know, on Sunday, Debbie, Debbie went through something she did, but she probably never saw that she'd ever have to go through here at Winter's Church, but she made it through. We, I saw her at lunch and we talked about it and I, I felt like that just in our little conversation, things were settled enough until we get a chance to talk more about it. But these things are all for the betterment of what God wants to do with us as a whole. And Debbie's brought it to a place and Maybe someone else will take it to, an, to another place. But Debbie, she's going to serve in other places. She's going to serve in other places. And things are being worked out in her. I mean, the fact that she's here today, some things have been worked out in Debbie over the last 13 years. I, I admire that. <laughs> That's a different person sitting on the front row of this church today. Amen. But it's all of us. So you could testify, it's all of us, isn't it, Debbie? All of us. God's working with all of us. No one's left out. Amen. So I just want to encourage you to be strong in the Lord and uh, walk worthy of the calling that you were called with. Now, 
I got stuck over there in Ephesians. I never did get to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians says, what does it say? I'll read it to you and then we'll be done. First Thessalonians, what was it? A first five, five, uh, what? 523. Was it 523? 523. All right, run there and we'll, we'll look at it. <laughs> Debbie's like, we're going to talk, Pastor. No, no, okay. <clears throat> now may the, look what, it, and we can read it in this version. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Say, say this with me, sanctify. What, what, is, what is sanctification? Set apart. <clears throat> may, may, now may, may the God of peace himself set you apart completely. And may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know what? As, as Pentecostal spirit-filled people, we always kind of circle that first one and emphasize that. But you know what? You're not just spirit. You're spirit, soul, and body. And so not only do you have to be sanctified spiritually, or set apart spiritually. But you have to be set apart in your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you have to be set apart in your body as well. And that's, that's the work that we're doing. Amen. Boy, I'm, listen to Anybody that missed today, they're going to be kicking themselves. If they, they miss this boy. Uh, I'm, going, I'm so glad you did. Uh, you need to send the link to somebody that missed it here today. Any other questions? Anything else anyone has to add or uh, 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 to... Uh, uh, Anything else? No? Wow. I'm anticipating my phone may ring yet, still yet tomorrow. But uh, again, I don't, mind, I don't mind the phone calls. I've had some awesome conversations with you guys this week, uh, with some of you. And uh, I'm so glad that we've had them. I do, I do want to encourage you, though, and, and I want you to know that, um, that even though we are working to... Uh, to build you up and uh, we want to make sure that you know that we certainly appreciate all that you're doing to help uh, build the kingdom and to build this church. We are, we are endeavoring to create a culture in our church, not, not based on a book that we read or something. I hesitate to use the word culture because it's such a weird to me word, but we're, we're striving to create an environment that will uh, prepare you for what you're going to face as you do ministry. Ministry is a thankless job. I'm, I'm telling you, I know you all appreciate me, but as many of you that love me, there are equally as many people that loathe me. And it's true. And I, I haven't been able to figure out why. Um, I have different reasons for different people, I think. But I have, I have this effect on people. Either people really, really love me or they just really hate me. I mean, they, it's, that's, I, there's no in-between. You won't meet anyone that says, ah, he's okay. There's, there's nobody that thinks that. It's either, I really like that guy, or I could do without that guy. But, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I think sometimes my boldness, I think sometimes it's my forward approach, my, my straightforward approach. Um, I think, uh, I think it, it comes across sometimes as being... Um, uh, arrogant instead of just you know bold and confident it may come across as being arrogant and and to those of you that know me 
<laughs> you know that's just plain stupid. But, um, but I, I'll say this. God, how many of you would agree with this statement? The Lord created me very uniquely. <laughs> would you agree that I've, I have a unique ministry? That's not a statement of pride. It's just a statement of fact. I have a unique ministry. It's very different. Because God gave me a unique ministry, not only did he send people around me that would be blessed by what I had to say, but like I said, equally there are people that cannot stand. They can't stand to be in meetings with us. Some of them will, they don't like me. Some of them will publish articles in direct opposition to anything that I say, literally. I mean, when we were in Chickasha, they ran an article in the paper every week detracting everything I preached that week, the Baptist pastor in town. I just thought it was great that he was listening <laughs> enough to be able to write a detracting article. I thought, well, he's having to hear it. <laughs> but you know, you know what I can't do? I can't dwell on my detractors. You know what? I think sometimes we want to be unique and we want, to, we want God to use us and we want to be set apart and we want to be these things, but we don't realize that when we, when we become that, that we're also going to become the target of criticism and ridicule. And there are going to be people that bring into question our integrity and our character and bring into question the validity of what God is doing in our lives. And that's what most people in the church aren't prepared for especially with the environment that's in the world right now. You know, you got a man in a woman's dress and he wants you to tell him he's beautiful. Sir, you are not beautiful. You're a, you got hairy legs and a hairy chest and a five o'clock shadow. There, you know what? There will be people that will tell that man that he's beautiful in a dress. Maybe they're telling the truth and maybe they just want to make him feel better. But... If you're a man and you're going to wear a dress, you can't demand that everyone call you beautiful. You have opened yourself up to criticism. If you're a man, even, even in today's culture, if you're a man, you put on a dress and you're hairy-legged, people are going to point and they're going to whisper and they're going to laugh. That's going to happen. If you can't, if you can't do that, if you can't put up with that, don't put on a dress because you're not going to force people not to do it. Those of you that are in this church, you're not like anybody else. You're, you're fearfully, wonderfully made. You're unique in God's creation. And, and guess what? Uh, who cares about the detractors? Be who God called you to be. And you, no, not everyone's going to want to hang out with you. Not everyone's going to want to be for some people will call you demonic. You know how many people have called me demonic because we have a fall festival? People that were members of this church. And there's still, there's, now listen, this will be like, we don't celebrate Halloween. Well, neither do we. Well, you have a fall festival. That's just as good. You know, you might as well be. That's the devil's day. No, we don't give the devil a day in this church. Every day is the day the Lord has made. Every day is the day. We don't, I don't give devil no Halloween. You giving devil, you giving the devil Halloween? You serious? 
Well, Pastor, you, I've seen people out here dressed in all kinds of stuff. Anyway, yeah, because we're inviting people to come here so we have an opportunity to share the love of Jesus with them. Well, see, some people sharing the love of Jesus with them is sprinkling them with holy water and, and having everybody dress up like the disciples. Just handing out tracts and putting in people. That's not what we're doing. We're, we're putting, you know, why are you putting candy in there? Why can't we? Well, Melody, she hands out, she handed out Bibles. She handed out Bibles. I'm all for that. You want to throw a track in there? Throw it in there. I'm, you know, Brother Shambach, he sent prayer claws into the insane asylum. The workers of the insane asylum started monitoring the letters and started taking his prayer cloths out because people were screaming and getting delivered when they'd get these prayer claws. It was wreaking havoc in the, in the insane asylum. So this woman said, Brother Shambach, I tried to send your prayer cloth, but they, they were taking them. They've, they've been taking them out. They won't give them. I need my... So he said, you got a lollipop? You got a piece of candy? Give me, give me a piece of candy out of your purse. She gave him a piece of candy. He prayed over a piece of candy. They sent it in there. That lady ate that candy, and God delivered her from that demon. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I lay my hands on that candy. I lay my hands on that. I lay my hands on everything. I'm like, God, touch these hot dogs in the name of Jesus. I'm believing God. Now, here's the thing. You say, me and my family, we don't do that. That's okay. You don't have to. If you have a strong conviction about it, if, if your conviction is so strong that you don't feel comfortable participating in what we're doing on that, don't do it. Don't, don't betray your own heart. But God doesn't deal with everybody the same way that he deals with you. Oh, that's so hard for people to... That's so hard for people. So people who see someone with a like... <laughs> Some people are like, I thought they were a Christian. Well, they are. Well, but they're vaping or smoking or something, you know, whatever. I thought they were a believer. Well, they are a believer. You're a gossiper. You're still a believer. <laughs> we're, we're working it out. Some people, it's not until they get that conviction. Not until they get that conviction. That sanctification, that thing that God, you know, without that revelation. Marissa, man, she downloaded pirated movies, pirated games. Marissa, was, she, had, she had 12 terabytes of, of pirated material on her computer. I'm telling off on her, too, that she should have come tonight. She didn't want me to say that. Now, she, she testified about this. I mean, pirated stuff. And I got up one day, and I said, well, the Lord convicted me. I can't. I went to download a movie and watch it, and, and uh, it was in the theaters and pirated, and I just couldn't do it. It was, Lord was like, you're, that's, that, you're stealing and, and man, I had a whole bunch. I, I, had, a whole, I had a whole hard drive I, I had to wipe with pirated material on it. <laughs> Marissa, everybody knew Marissa. <laughs> everybody knew Marissa. <laughs> so they start telling her, see Marissa, see what, she's like, Lord didn't tell me that. 
Lord didn't tell me that. You know what? I appreciated her taking a stand because she didn't. She was, she was going to stand behind her pirated stuff. She was going to make copies and she was going to make discs and she was going to hand them out and she was going to invite people over to, to you know, she was, she was in there. But then, then it, several years later, she came to me. She said, Pastor. I said, yeah, Marissa. The Lord convicted me over that pirated stuff. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's awesome, Marissa. Well, what are you going to do about it? I'm, I'm trying to do something. I had done nothing yet. <laughs> she working it. She working on it. <laughs> but anyhow, we're, 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 all, we're all working this out. Amen. We're all working this out. Uh, yeah, yeah, Carolyn. I couldn't interpret at the time if it was for me or if it was for the church. But it did bring revelation to me. So in those times, I just want to know, do you, is it possible to retract that? Say it? I did say it on intercessory prayer, but it was just so powerful to me. But I didn't, I mean, I just don't know in those times. How do you, what do you, I'm not sure I understand the question. Okay, so um, interpretation of tongue. I had a, a, a oh, word yeah. Sunday. And, and it was right around the time I was receiving prayer. And then when I got back to my seat, <clears throat> the Lord was working in me, <clears throat> and I heard just a word, like a word. You know how we say one yeah. word. And um, I didn't know at the time if it was for the church, because later you had said, I'm going to wait. I feel like the, the Lord's want to manifest some gifts where Brother Don had spoke. And I, man, that was awesome. But I was like, man, I didn't know if that was necessarily for the, me to share with the church or was it for me? Right. I just know it blessed me big time. Yeah. So in those times, um, how do you, I just kind of want to know. You're trying to figure out how to do, how to do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you share it because if it's the word of God to you, even if it's just for you, be a blessing to us. And you, that's how you figure it out. Okay. You, know, you figure it out by stepping out. And when, especially if there's a moment that's been created for that, mm -hmm. um, then you know that, hey, there was a moment given for this to happen. So... And, and you can even preface it by saying, you know what? I'm not sure if it's just for me or if it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. But if this is, if any of you can receive this, go ahead and receive it. And then you can give the word. Okay. Because it was, it was like what you were talking about. And I, I it, man, it was awesome. It was really good. Praise God. The word was significant. Amen. He said, Carolyn, I'm delivering you from being insignificant. Come on, Jesus. And then I, I was driving, going to work, and I looked it up. And it, the first part of it was important, influential, and effective. Come on, man. And so if that blessed you tonight, it blessed me, man. The Lord is saying you that are. That is for us. You're significant. <laughs> so when the devil tells you opposite, that was the other thing I was able to locate. When he tells me, been telling me over for years I was insignificant have no value, even about being in winter. Yeah. Um, the Lord is like, Carolyn, I'm saying you're significant. So it was a blessing. Amen. 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 But we need to say that regular. We need to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I, I, I am significant. It's not a, that's not arrogant. That's not proud. God's, God's create. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what the scripture said. You need to understand your value. And you are valuable to the Lord. And if you're valuable to the Lord, you're valuable to me. And if you're valuable, you know, to the Lord and to me, you're valuable to this church, to the kingdom, and to the work that God's doing in this last day. 
Amen. Let's let you know. Let's let's blacken the devil's eye, and let's really let the enemy have it this this week. You know, I I reckon if it's if it's happening here amongst us here in our our church, it's probably happened with our brothers and sisters in other churches. Uh, it's the enemy's last ditch effort to try to keep us from from doing what God called us to do. And, and listen, as your pastor, I have the same. I I go through the same stuff sometimes. I go through the same things. We all deal with these things. Very different ways sometimes, but we all deal with them. Is that it? Shree? I know that this week, I was just reflecting over some stuff, reflecting this week over some stuff that I've just walked through with the Lord over the past several weeks. And um, that's what he spoke to me, was what you said in, in Thessalonians was that that's what he told me was that he was sanctifying me i was like yeah. why now like i thought i was <laughs> sanctified lord you know so it was just awesome so i think sanctification I just, is progressive yeah yeah i think i just you're... didn't realize how unprogressed i i was <laughs> <laughs> but he's so good like he keeps you from things you know he keeps you from so much yeah. until it's time and his timing is so perfect and Definitely, I just know that what he's been doing in me and lining me up and all of us is definitely for a work. Amen. And just, just, I mean, even today, like, it's a significant work, you know, and um, man, so yeah. My heart, my heart really goes out to you all too. Andy and I have been talking about it today because we've, we've, like I said, we've heard from so many and our hearts go out to you because we know what you're going through because we've, we've been through it and. And, and we've been praying for y'all. Lord, help them. <laughs> help them get to the other side of this. Because we know what's on the other side. We know, we know that there's great victory. Listen, when you, when, you can get, when you can get through these things and get to the other side and be like, praise God. You know, hallelujah. Um, man, the, the, the devil, number one, hates it. But uh, exponentially, you become far, far more uh, capable of of carrying the anointing of the spirit and, and, and the gift that God put in you. Lord, thank you. Let's lift our hands and thank him. Lord, we thank you today. Thank you for all that you've said to us today, Lord, all that you've done. We're so grateful, Lord, for your goodness. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that as we go out of here today, that we'll not go in the strength and in the power of our own might, but, Lord, that we'll go in this, your strength and in your might. God, that you'll carry us out of this place and into the world, uh, Lord, to do your work and to do your will. Father, we're so appreciative that you did, you're not sending us alone, but that you're going with us. Uh, it, uh, by your spirit, you are going with us. And Lord, I thank you that miracles are abounding, the demonstrations of the Holy Ghost are being released, that the gifts of the Spirit are being stirred up in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you uh, that, uh, uh, that, that uh, your people are becoming more and more aware every day of the vocation and the calling that is upon their lives and of the grace, God, that you've bestowed upon them in order to get it done. Father, may all praise and all honor and all glory go to you for all that you're doing in us, all that you've done, Lord, and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, may we go out of here with joy and be led forth with peace. And Father, uh, be glorified in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, everybody that believed it said amen. Amen.